Pegasus Podcast, presented by Night Sports Now. UCF news, views, and a few hot takes. Now, here are your hosts, Bailey Go Knights Adams and Christian Charge On Simmons. Welcome into episode 181. Be sure you're following us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at ByCASimmons, at Night Sports Now, and at Pegasus Podcast. Christian, how are you? I feel like now that there's no game podcasts, it's like I talk to you. I mean, I talk to you every day, but like we do Zoom once a week, and it's like I feel like we haven't done it in a long time. Where we haven't just been talking about a game. Yeah, it's kind of funny because we go through, or at least I do. I don't know if it's a you thing, but like every season we do this, where we go through the season and we do game previews, obviously, because the season's going on. And by the end of the season, I'm so sick of it. And I'm like, I just want to do some podcasts that aren't about a freaking game. And that's the mode I'm in right now. But then by like May, I know I'm going to be so sick of this. And I'm going to wish that we had games to talk about. So that, that's it's my just, current headspace. It's more so weird to me that now we're only doing one a week. Where it's like, yeah, I feel like I talk to you once a week, even though we text every day. But it's like, during this during the regular season, during the season, it's just like everything, not everything, but a lot of my schedule will revolve. Like, all right, when are we going to do the pod? Like, we got to Wednesday this week and I knew we were doing the pod on Wednesday, but like at one point yesterday, I was like, oh yeah, we haven't done the pod yet this week. We have to do that tomorrow. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's become like a weird thing where it's like, now it's not even really the off season. There's a bowl game coming up soon, but it is a, a weird thing now where it's like, I feel like we haven't talked face to face in a long time. It's only been a week, but it's just a weird, it's just a well, weird this is just, we're Now we're just in the category of things listeners do not care about, but because of us doing this podcast, like I never actually know when I last saw you in real life. Like I know during football season, cause you'll, cause you'll come to the house to like do a, you know, do a post-game podcast. But like, I remember one point this past off season, I saw you for something. I don't know. We were doing something. Yeah, I think it was when we went to Disney Springs. That time. Yeah. And I was and like, I haven't seen you since. It, it was like three months and I just didn't yeah. believe you. I was like, I literally saw you last week and then we had to go through our <laughs> yeah, he- in our heads and I, I yeah. it blew my mind. So I don't know. I just, it, it is going to be an adjustment going back to, wow, I'm going to be talking well, I just, for a whole 30 to 40 minutes less each week. That's sad. I just had to think about like the last time I actually did see you in person, which I think was after the Oklahoma State game. I guess that would no, have been I've No, se- I've seen you since then. I don't think you have. Oh my god, I'm doing it on have. air. Have I not? Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think you have. No, because I, I saw you at Houston. um oh that was before. No, yeah, we haven't. Yeah, I haven't seen you <laughs> <All right. laughs> see great. I like I'm how good. I said sometimes I do this thing and then we just did it on air to show everyone else. I thought you were doing great. it as a bit, but you No, weren't. I That's genuinely great. well I I thought um I thought our friend Sarah's party that we were both at was after that, oh. but it was before that. So that's where I got mixed up. So yeah, I've not okay. seen you. I have not seen you since the Oklahoma State game. <laughs> Um, well, I will see you even less if I replaced you on this podcast, which takes us to our <laughs> five-star review question. Um, this comes from, well, first of all, we got a lot of questions. You, you know, we put out a, a tweet from the Pegasus podcast account, and now we have a lot of questions to answer. So yeah, we might let just me say really, really quickly, this, te- this technically isn't a five-star review question because there, we are out of five-star review questions. So I took to our new Twitter account, which by the way, I posted that and then immediately liked and retweeted it from the Pegasus podcast account because I forgot to log back into my own account. So that was fun. I've but almost have, done it like for, seven uh, times. We're bad at this, but we asked for some questions yeah. on Twitter and we got a lot of like really good ones. Some of these are thought provoking. Mm-hmm. So we might do a little mailbag episode at some point. <laughs> this is the one bad. we chose. <laughs> this one, this um, one's going to, there's a lot to talk about because if, if you've been on social media at all, you know that there's a certain coastal Carolina quarterback possibly considering UCF. So we probably need a little bit of a quicker question here, but I thought this yeah. one was deserved for you to answer given your, your unfair treatment on this podcast. Yeah. So we'll get to the portal stuff. We'll get to the bowl game in a second, but this question comes from Ian Hardos. I think is how you say that at Hardos Ian. Since Christian has already declared he would replace Bailey with Wild Bill, talking about on the podcast, does Bailey have a top three who he would replace Christian with on the podcast? So I didn't now that I'm say I would question, replace you with Brian. I didn't say you I just would said you, you said I was an upgrade, or you in said very, he was an upgrade in a very offhand way, though. 
I wasn't like this is an audition. Did it like twice. I didn't do it twice. I, did it twice I opened and closed the podcast by saying. Yeah. But anyway, who um, I'm actually curious, who would you replace me with? Reading like looking back at the question, I realized like, does he have a top three? Like I didn't I didn't before I read this. Like I was like, I don't know. I don't like just have a top three that I was like, oh yeah, these three. Then I thought of a couple, or I thought of two. I can't even think of a third one. I'm so curious to one, see how offended I'm about to get, but go ahead. One, I'd say Wild Bill. Uh, I figured. Just, you know, I figured. Yeah, he's just better he than I both have, of us. Yeah, <laughs> he and I have a good rapport. Um, I think I met every UCF game I went to this year. I think I met up with him and we we hung out and talked ball for a little bit. I'm assuming um, he likes you more than me since like four UCF home games in a row. He messaged us and said, do you want to meet up before the game? And I just replied, can't and just went to the press box yeah, I because think, I was stressed about getting there on time. And then he would, then he would message me separately. And then you'd be, you'd be like, well, I didn't get a message from wild bill. And I'm like, well, I think he just realizes that you're kind of unattainable at this point. Like the, ab- the like, absolute worst one was it was the second or second to last home game of the season. Trace Troco from sons of UCF gets up to the press box and sees me and goes, Hey, wild bill was looking for you downstairs. <laughs> And I was like, I swear to God, I didn't know that, but it's fine. Yeah. So, okay. I'd say Brian and then not that this person would ever, ever agree to it because he doesn't have the time, but I'm just going to say JP Gilbert just because I I think it would be fun and chaotic. Oh man. It'd be fun and chaotic. And I think it would be, it would be good. But I think from, from every response he ever gets about doing women's basketball reports on sons of UCF, I think he, he doesn't have time for podcasts. So. Um, I don't think he'd want to do this as a weekly thing with me, but I actually I absolutely of, but... should have known that that would be on your list because we made the Pegasus podcast Twitter and we had it for about a minute before I saw that you requested <laughs> to follow JP. So that's, that's not, a well, you have to, you got to be plugged in with what's going on on UCF Twitter. And he's we both of like, follow oh, him. What, why does know, the Pegasus but, podcast, <laughs> whatever. Cause sometimes I want to, my, my Twitter timeline is very like sporadic. Cause I have all the Bucks stuff. I have all the UCF stuff. I just have random stuff. So sometimes I might think I was thinking ahead on this. I was like, I might want to just kind of look at UCF only stuff. And it's like, that's going to be the Pegasus podcast Twitter account for me. I didn't realize that. So, you know what? That's a good. I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have a third one. The third person that just came to mind, like just before we started doing the podcast was Marlon Williams, just because he keeps tweeting about UCF stuff. And it's just like, I don't know, me and Marlon Williams have a podcast. You could have given me a hundred thousand guesses at who the third name was going to be. And I never would have landed on Marlon Williams. I didn't have one, but he's been, he's been like arguing with people on Twitter a lot lately. And I feel like that's what he has been. He's been very, uh, and he just seems like he wants to be, he's in the mix with with UCF fans. See, that's the thing is if you were going to replace me or upgrade, like you need, it would need to be someone like JP who just is going to piss people off. Cause I feel like that is, (laughs) that is my role. Now the thing is it's not intentionally my role, but it just sort of naturally happens as I talk. So just who you are and your opinions and personality. <laughs> I'm just an annoying person. I don't know what to tell you. It's crazy. <laughs> I guess so. No, I don't know. I, I legitimately couldn't think of another another person after after JP and, and Brian. So I don't know. Marlon, let's give Marlon Williams the third one, third spot. Nice. nice. Um, yeah. I'm going to so say Dylan Gabriel. Uh, I don't think he and I would have a single thing to talk about. I actually would love to see you and Dylan Gabriel have a conversation. Like, what would that even look like? What would you talk about? I don't know. I feel like he and I would just like stare at each other for like a that's, little bit. See, that's what in my brain I was imagining you both just staring blankly at each other. I don't know why that's where my brain went, but yeah, I feel like that would be the vibe of you guys. That wouldn't be a very yeah. good podcast. No, I don't think it would. Um, it would make for a really weird like video podcast where we're both just staring it at the would. screen and just. But anyway, um, he's a past UCF quarterback. Let's talk about a future, future UCF, UCF quarterback, quarterback, Grayson McCall. Um, so we're just declaring that as a fact, apparently, it's great. <laughs> Where we left off last week, though, was Tyler Shuck was, or I guess, had visited UCF. Or he was there was interest there. Yep. He's off to Louisville, 
Yep. So he's off the board. Um, I, I think that's okay. Like I know there was a kind of split opinions on that, on him as a possibility coming to UCF. Um, I wasn't like pumped about it, but I could see why there was interest there, but no, he's going to Louisville. Um, and then honestly, let's just go back to where even like at the beginning of this, I think before we even did the podcast last week, just kind of the name started entering or rumors started circulating about who was going to be in the transfer portal. And we're like, wow, there's a lot of quarterbacks in the portal or entering the portal. And I was like thinking of some that I'd like heard of a lot or I've been like, oh yeah, I would love if he came here. And like, I was just like these top few names, like I would like these guys, but they're never coming to UCF because there's just not going to be the money. Grayson McCall was one of those guys until, was it yesterday? Was it last, was it Monday? Was it Tuesday night that it was reported by on three first that um, he would be visiting UCF this weekend? It was Tuesday night. In addition to visiting NC State this weekend. And I think those are the the two programs we've heard of so far. For, uh, and for McCall. we now know, courtesy of Jamie Say at WKMG, that while uh, Tyler Shook was announcing his commitment to Louisville, Gus was visiting Grayson McCall in South Carolina. So now it's one of those ones where did UCF, quote unquote, move on to Grayson McCall because they didn't think they were getting Tyler Shook or did Tyler Shook commit to Louisville because UCF realized they had a shot at Grayson McCall? We may never know the answer to that one, but this is a wild one. If if you're one of the people who listens to this podcast and you're more of a UCF fan than a college football fan, Grayson McCall has been Coastal Carolina's quarterback for three years. He is, bar none, one of the best quarterbacks in college football, probably a top 15, top 20 quarterback the last couple of years. And I still don't fully understand why UCF is in this. Um, Grayson McCall entered the portal last season as well. And Auburn really wanted him and Auburn got him and he ended up not transferring there. It was something weird. It was like, he ended up realizing he hadn't like gotten enough academic credits from Coastal to transfer. And like, that's what fell through him transferring to Auburn and ended up coming back to Coastal for another year. So this is, this is a highly, highly, highly thought of player. And I'm just very surprised that UCF is not only in this, but maybe the favorite as of now from, it seems like where things stand. So that's the thing. So he's been, he's actually been a four-year starter there. He's been at Coastal for five years. He started 2020, 2021, 2022. And then this past year, 2023, he's won Sunbelt player of the year three times. Um, you know, he's just what I like when you look at his stat, like his stats and stuff is like 26 touchdowns, three interceptions, 27 touchdowns, three interceptions, 24 touchdowns, two interceptions. And this past year, a little bit of a step back, 10 or 10 touchdowns, six interceptions in a new system and all so that. But I was going to say the background on this past season, which might be if, if we're trying to come up with reasons that UCF might be in it for a quarterback that they probably shouldn't be in it for, just given how good he is, is that. Jamie Chadwell was Coastal Carolina's coach while Grayson McCall was there. And he ran a very, very weird, very specific offense that isn't really like anything else in college football. And that was the offense that Grayson McCall thrived in. It was a lot of option type stuff. It involved him using his legs a ton. Their new coach moved them to air raid and he just was having a hard time with that. And then he got hurt and that was the end of his season, clearly his coastal career. So that's one of the reasons I can think of that maybe UCF is more in this than you would expect them to be is that. Are, are other schools wondering, is this a system guy? Is, what Did he just put up those gaudy numbers and look awesome because he was in a system that really catered to his skill set? And my answer to that would be Grayson McCall is like an uber John Rice Plumley. He was one of those guys who was put on earth to run an offense that Gus Malzahn helps design. So if he is a system guy, great. UCF has a system that can yeah. feature him very well. Yeah, because that's the thing is you, you'll all the passing stats I just said are probably are great, but Gus is looking at the rushing stats. Oh yeah, not really, but maybe he is. <laughs> um, so the yeah, one year, twenty twenty, he had five hundred sixty nine rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns, and then the two uh, three years ago he had four rushing touchdowns. This uh, two years ago he had six rushing touchdowns. So can can use his legs, can throw the ball really well, doesn't turn the ball over a lot. Um, yeah, I, I again I told you like I was saying this to you last night. I was like I just didn't think it was a possibility. It was like I would have. 
I think even one of my friends, one of Matt texted me and was like, oh, the Coastal Carolina guy's in the portal. And I was like, yeah, but we can't afford him. Yep. I mean, I don't know. I still don't know for sure if they can, but they're acting like they can. Are they acting like that? Either they can't afford him or they don't need to if he's not committing a lot of money. But So I might have a little bit of insight on that. So the background for this is that the word on the street, aka what Matt Rule said into a microphone at Nebraska's head coach and also what everyone, media and other coaches have said, yes, that's correct, is that in this market, particularly quarterbacks, transfer quarterbacks, the high-end ones are going for anywhere from $1 million to $1.5 million to $2 million. I can confidently tell you that UCF and the kingdom do not have even $1 million, I would think, to spend on a quarterback. I think that's probably closer to what their whole budget is than what they can spend on an individual player. Now, Grayson McCall is going to command money. And I think that much is clear and I'm sure the kingdom can get him money. And this is where I sort of wonder where one thing the athletic brought up that was interesting was that teams are prioritizing with that top dollar money quarterbacks who have more than one year of eligibility left. He's a grad transfer. He's in for one year and he's out. That might take some teams out of the running. Also so many quarterbacks who are elite have entered the market that I wonder if he's just fallen down the list a little bit. Kyle McCord left Ohio state. Dylan Gabriel's out there now. Cam Ward's left Washington state. There are just, uh, What's his name? The backup at Georgia was formerly highly rated. I don't know if there's something there. Sure. Riley Leonard left dude. I, I mean, there are yeah. just, there's an insane number of elite, elite quarterbacks out there right now who might be all going to the schools who have that one to 2 million to spend. So maybe that's opened a window where a UCF can come in and tell Grayson, Hey, we can't get you 1 million, but I'm not even going to speculate on a number. I have no idea what he would command or what UCF can offer him, but that's where I start to get hey, maybe maybe this is a guy that UCF can find a way to put together a package for. And if they do this, if they land Grayson McCall, this is both for Gus and for the kingdom a huge, huge, huge moment and a 24-season defining moment. Like, th- this is a this would blow every portal acquisition they've ever gotten out of the water. It would blow most of their recruiting acquisitions out of the water, period. I mean, this is a this is a top-tier guy. Yeah, and I, it's funny because you saw this, this hit on Tuesday night, and I think there was... Maybe not unanimous because I, I mean, I just, I didn't see anyone that would be like, I don't really want him, but I saw a lot of like, oh my God. And for the first time in a while, if, if UCF can get a, a quarterback in here that does not divide the fan base in, in half, um, that would be probably pretty nice uh, just for discourse and all that. But no, it would be huge for, for 2024 because I think it would be, it would be massive for just the ability to one compete next year. You know, yep. and I think, you can also use this as a for some of the guys who are kind of on the fence about coming back. You can say, "Hey, look, this we got this quarterback in. Like, this isn't just going to be a rebuilding year. You know, we've we've got this quarterback in. We're going to go for this." And it's another thing where you can go out and recruit in the transfer portal other guys. Yep. We can say, "Look at the quarterback we just brought in. Like, th- we're building That's around this one. guy for next year." So it would be a huge get. I still am like not trying to get my hopes up, but it's kind of difficult now when you hear. You know, he's going to visit visit him like earlier this week. And then, you know, McCall's coming for a visit on, on campus this this weekend. Like trying not to get my hopes up because this would be a really, really massive acquisition. Which we should note, he also is going to visit NC State this weekend. He's also had a home visit with NC State. So it's not like this is a home run for UCF. Yeah. They're just one of yeah. it sounds like it's down to those two, but and it is what you just said, is it's not just about landing Grayson McCall, the quarterback, and what he brings. It's about how you can build around him. I mean, and I'm just going to give you an example, but say R.J. Harvey and the coaching staff can tell you, hey, yeah, so next year is going to be, you know, a little rocky. We've obviously lost a lot. We're doing what we can in the portal. We're going to throw a lot of these young guys out there. Not really sure what we have at quarterback yet. So it's going to be a year where a lot of young guys kind of get their feet under them. Uh, do you want to come back? Versus if you sit R.J. Harvey down and say, we just got Grayson McCall. Why don't you come back? Let's let's send this offense into overdrive and let's make a run at this thing. Let's try to win the Big 12. I mean, that's that's the pitch you can sell when you have a quarterback of that level, especially one who's 
like I said, system quarterback or not, is someone who is perfectly designed to run the kind of offense UCF likes to run. And and what you said about portal acquisition is is spot on too. There are a lot of other offensive transfers in the portal who might be looking at UCF right now saying, I'd kind of like to see that, you know, if you're a wide receiver, you kind of want to know who the quarterback's going to be before you commit to a school. And UCF's going after a lot of wide receivers right now. If there are a lot of these quarterback or a lot of these wide receivers, excuse me, are going to see, oh, dang, Grayson McCall's at UCF. I want to play with Grayson McCall. That would be fun. He's really good. Let's do that. I just, it, it's like a feeding frenzy. It can just feed on itself. And if they do get him, we're going to have to start talking about 2024 in a very, very different way, especially if they can retain RJ Harvey, if they can make a run, I'm still skeptical at retaining Kobe Hudson or Javon Baker. Suddenly you have a situation where, hey, UCF might be walking into 2024 with the best offense in the Big 12. That's what's on the table <laughs> if they find a way to land him. I just had like a very toxic thought. Go on. We love toxic thoughts. <laughs> they could go in, they could go in with like the best offense on paper in 2024 and still win like seven games. They could. <laughs> it's they like that's, that's what tough. I almost would expect them to rather like not rather. I would expect them to almost it'd be more likely for them to win like seven or maybe eight, but I don't know. It's if just they, difficult let's live but... in fantasy land for a second. Let's go full on best case scenario in that they land Grayson McCall and RJ Harvey returns and Kobe and Javon return. Like I said, that's the, that's the absolute dream. And I don't even think there's enough kingdom money to go around for all those guys to be there, but let's just say that happens. You have Grayson, you have RJ, you have Javon and you have Kobe. That offense would steamroll most of the big 12. It would. It would. So then I had another toxic thought. It was on the completely opposite end of that is 12 team playoff starts next year. Oh God. No, 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 no. Okay. We're reeling it back. Or never mind. Shut up. Grayson no, McCall leads UCF to the playoff. Nope. Nope. <laughs> we, never mind. I regret this entire conversation. Because it's not all going to work out that way. Like even if they no. land Grayson and McCall, that doesn't mean RJ is now coming back. That doesn't mean Kobe and Javon are now coming back. And they still have a lot of other needs. They need other wide receivers, whether those two come back or not. They need to fill out the O-line. Although they got some very good news this week with Adrian Medley coming back, who yeah. I didn't even realize had eligibility. And if that's a name you're not super familiar with, he it was like the last four or five games of the season he had to step in due to injuries. And he was a guy who was supposed to start, I think, all the way back in 2021. And I then think he got so, hurt. Yeah. And that, that's kind of a cool story because he went that from starter. That was an starter, ACL, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, he went from starter yeah. to – he got hurt. In the, he, I think it was in the spring game. I think and you're right. He injury falls completely out of the depth chart. And then suddenly two years later, he comes back to start the final stretch of the season and was great while he was there. So you now have him to build with. You have Caden Kittler to build with. You have Marcellus Marshall to build with. So O-line is not as scary from a depth perspective as it was looking, you know, a few days ago. But still, I, I'm just saying it, not all of those happen, even if they get Grayson. I, I, no. I'm terrified now that you said playoff. Now I'm like, let's, whoa, oh my God, let's not be that podcast. No, I'm, <laughs> let's, let's get I'm away thinking... that. I'm thinking uh, that was in terms of if they got, if they landed McCall, if they brought, if they were able to retain Harvey Baker and Kobe, if like all four of those guys were on the offense, I'm not saying that actually, I don't think it's actually a real thing that you could think about, but it was fun I'll say to this think about and deeply second. regret it. If that exact scenario happened, Grayson, RJ, Kobe, and Javon all come back. You could talk me into it. This offseason. There's other things on the other side of the ball. You still need to like find probably two linebackers who are both going to start, but you yeah. that also whatever, however many games they win, that would be such a freaking fun offense, man. Like that would just be like backyard ball. It would be so freaking fun. They put yeah. up a bunch of points. A lot of teams on their schedule would have a hard time with that. I, it, it would just be fun. It would be a very enjoyable season. Fun. Yeah. So I hope it happens. I, I just, I'm now waiting for like, and I know it's kind of we're in no man's land right now with it still being the middle of the week. It's like, all right, the the visit's coming this weekend and it's going to be, I guess, maybe the end of the weekend before we're like, all right, should we start to expect a commitment announcement to whether it's UCF or NC State or anywhere else? Like 
I just I just want him to make his decision, but he's not even on his visits yet. So it's like mm, now I'm just waiting. We'll get a decision quick. The portal stuff so, moves fast. I yeah. and and the other added thing here is not only are we very excited about the possibility of this and first off let me say i think it comes down to nil because i think everything else ucf wins this against nc state and a lot of other schools that would be coming after him just head to head just because of gus and just because of the offense and what they can offer of going into the big 12 which is traditionally an offense happy conference and hey and also being like do you want to be a starting quarter? Like here's here's the starting job. I think. Like, well, I, I think, think a lot of coming school, in here. Auburn was offering him that last no, year, so true, I, yeah. it, that he has that he'll get that wherever he wants to go. But and he'll get that at NC State if he goes there. But I think it's just you have to look at his situation, right? He put up crazy numbers and was really really fun to watch in a very specific to his skill set offense. Then he has a new coach comes in who says we're going to go air raid and just chuck it downfield a bunch. His numbers depreciate. He gets hurt. He's looking for a fit. He's not just looking for, you know, brand name team or whatever. And I, I, I yeah. there are very few schools in the quarterback market right now who can offer a more catered to his skill set offense and the starting job than UCF can. Donate to the kingdom. Donate to the kingdom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I do. I think it, as I, it might be one of those things, like you just said, all of that, like all things being equal. Yeah. I, I would probably agree. The other thing is just like that, that, with that being the case, I think they just have to be able to give him like something decent like they need to give him they're gonna need to give him some nil obviously yeah which i'm sure they have yeah they have some earmarked for who the quarterback is i just had a thought what what do you think about this this is a pure hypothetical this is not based in fact or reality it's just a thought say that you were the kingdom and you have enough money to either get grayson mccall or retain rj hardy but not both what do you do? Uh, <laughs> this is purely hypothetical. This isn't. This isn't based in anything. It's just. It's just like a thought experiment. What do you do? I'd probably say. Har- I'd probably say Harvey. I kind of feel the same way, which feels stupid. Like it feels dumb I'm, to bail I'm, on landing a star at the best at the most important position in football. But RJ Harvey is so good. Yeah, and I think part of it too for me is like loyalty, where it's like right. I don't know. He's Harvey's like our guy, so he's. In, I think that that's part of it. So now, yeah, I, I say, think we talked about it like. If he comes back for another year, he will 100% be like in the top echelon of UCF players ever 100%. with another season like he just had. So like, I would like love for that to happen. So that's another reason I'd say him. But I'm just having the fantasy in my brain of <laughs> of Grayson McCall and RJ Harvey on UCF's team next year, and I'm I'm getting like butterflies for a season that is what 10 months away right now. I I, I just a hypothetical season that would still be 10 months away even if it wasn't a hypothetical season and it was a real season I, it's dreams about two players neither of which are confirmed becoming to ucf <laughs> that's 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 where we're at right now but you i mean yeah. oh i need it i absolutely need it yeah would love, would love it um not a lot i mean not gonna say not a lot i guess there's been a lot of offers elsewhere for no incomings yet for the portal for ucf a lot of offers out to linebackers wide receivers i think i've seen some linemen um but I don't know, anything you want to talk about there before we talk about who's left, which really still isn't even crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, I think as usual, we're kind of getting a we're we're getting a uh, understanding of what UCF's looking for based on how the offers are going. I mean, we are seeing three positions where UCF has put out a, a put out about a billion offers, and it's wide receiver, it's uh, linebacker, and it's offensive line. So clearly, they have yeah. identified that as their needs, and they're kind of covering the board. Some of those are P five guys, some of those are G five guys. I. You know, I was kind of doing an experiment where I don't have the numbers right in front of me, which I should have done before we hopped on the pod. Maybe we can talk about it next week. But I was looking at UCF's incoming transfers from the last two classes and who was a like a straight up bust and who actually ended up playing or starting. And most of the busts, not all of them, but most of the busts were the 
formerly highly rated guy who's sitting on a P5's bench. And most of the contributors were G5 and FCS guys. And I kind of found that interesting. I wonder if it just makes sense to prioritize production versus potential that maybe didn't pan out, you know? Yeah, no, I think there's an, enough of a sample size so far to say maybe maybe they should try to go that route. Not saying they need to completely shut out the guys and go completely in one direction, but I think maybe gear it toward that a little bit more because there was there was a lot of you know former five stars who didn't really play much at previous school and like we we saw that a lot and yeah I'm fine like with still taking some shots there but maybe maybe going a more with like hey this guy was very productive at this level he wants to jump up we'll see like you know we'll see what he has there so and I, I will say we'll the we'll the reason I went back to look at that is because it feels like UCF's offers this cycle have heavily skewed towards FCS D2 G5 guys yeah. and not a whole lot of P5 guys, which I find yeah. interesting. And I guess that's probably why they probably just had enough of high-fiving and cheering after they get off the phone and landed a former five-star and then he gets in and he's not even worth being second string. I think that's probably really disheartening after a while. And I, can I call out one very specific player who we don't even know if he's coming to UCF just because of an interview he gave? Sure. Oh yeah, I know who this is. Um, I want to talk about Wyatt Wright, the linebacker from Mississippi Gulf Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Excuse me, that's a mouthful. That's a long name for a school. Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, yeah. So he's interested in UCF. Hey, I don't know. He sounded very excited about UCF. Brandon Helwig interviewed him, and he seems like a guy who might come here just because of how excited he was. But I have to read this quote from him from Brandon Helwig's interview because it's Wyatt Wright will be my favorite player on UCF's roster next year if he commits. And here's why. This is his quote. If I'm being honest, I was really waiting on that UCF offer. I told my dad they were interested, and we started looking at UCF on YouTube, doing our research. One of the first things that caught my eye was the uniforms. I love the different color combinations that they have. I call them flavors. I've seen the Space U. I've always wanted to play in all black. They have the black and gold, the black and blue. That I love this kid. I call like, them flavors. Is, I call is them incredible. flavors. He, he's one of us. We got to get him on the podcast if he comes here. I, I sure I just, Brandon didn't just interview you as if you were a community <laughs> college linebacker. It's me. I'm Wyatt Wright. Yeah. I just love his pause to go. I call them flavors. I love that. <laughs> I, I love the uniform enthusiasm. I They got to get him. Absolutely have to get that kid. Um, Piece of trivia for you. Scared one now. of the receivers. One of the receivers that they're going after is from Tufts. Do you know the Tufts mascot? I don't even have it. Can I make a guess? Because I don't know their mascot. Sure. Is it something I could reasonably guess? Probably, yeah. I mean, I can, I can give you a category. Um, it's a it's a dragon. No. Okay, give me a category. It's an animal. It's a dragon. <laughs> no. I don't know. I don't know. It's an animal you would find at a zoo. Oh, that narrows it down. <laughs> dragon. Um. Yeah. No, it's not a dragon. It's an elephant. Oh, the Tufts the, elephants, yeah. really? Are they just the elephants? I don't know. I honestly don't know if they're like the elephants, but I know their their mascot is Jumbo the elephant. Jumbo the elephant. I bet yeah. they have some like, because no no school that's an elephant ever goes by elephant. Like Alabama's an elephant, but they're Crimson Tide. They're right. Probably like the Tufts um, Stompers or something. Stompers. I couldn't remember that. I looked it up just now, just now and that's why I remember now it's Jumbo. I, I knew it's Jumbo. I'm trying to see. I couldn't find if it was actually Jumbo the elephant. The Tufts elephants. Because that doesn't sound right. Um, but anyway, all right. Yeah, Tufts University. Fun. No, 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 no. We're getting to the bottom of this. Tufts University. Okay. <laughs> um, this is my new Shreveport. That they're the Tufts Jumbos. Oh, the Jumbos. I okay. told you. There's I, no. There, there was no way. I did. The okay. That now that rings a bell. The only reason I know that is because someone, someone I went to high school with, went there. Oh, really? Out of high school. Yeah. So really, like, I was just. I, that's the only reason I know that school exists. I seriously I think. don't think I'd ever heard of them before UCF offered that receiver. Their their <laughs> logo is an is an angry looking elephant. I, they might have been in a book I had to read in high school too. 
Okay. I don't know. Weird. Yeah, it, what, it was a college was admissions book? book. It was some college admissions book. I don't remember what it's called. I don't remember anything 12, else about students. it. 12,000 students. They were founded anyway, in 1852. That's up, up in Massachusetts, right? Or Boston? Boston based. Why are you space? asking me? Like, oh, because I'm maybe because uh, you're on the Wikipedia page. Um, <laughs> they are. Why doesn't it say where they are? They're in Medford. Okay. Cool. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> um, so some some guys have left in the portal. We we talked last week. and We're like, why haven't any UCF players entered? It was weird. The transfer portal. Yeah. It was weird. Um, and even weirder now. I think there's been let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys. I think that by my count that have left. I think so. Nothing extremely major out of these like nothing that's like oh that's a that's a heartbreaker i know like the big one is Corey thornton starting cornerback highest rated or highest graded player on ucf's defense this year i believe from pro football focus um but honestly it's it doesn't hit me hard because i thought he was gone anyway i didn't realize he still had eligibility left i'm in the same boat like it doesn't really feel like a loss exclusively just because i had no idea that there were that he had another year left which is kind of funny but the other thing is you compare this to last year where ucf played the conference title game and within hours, Ryan O'Keefe, Devontae Brown, and Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste were all in the portal, which wasn't a, he- a huge deal at the time. And we tried to caution them on the podcast. Those were guys that the Ross- that the coaching staff was kind of ready to ready for them to move on. But it- compare that with this, where there will be more. I'm not saying that it's done. I'm sure there will be other entries. I'm sure there will be some that we are surprised at. But as of right now, they really haven't lost anything crazy. I- it-, it sucks to lose Corey Thornton, but just since he isn't someone... I think anyone expected to be back. It just doesn't feel like a giant loss, especially since that's a position that they can probably replace fairly easily as well. Yeah. Um, we can, we can go down the list. I guess the other two we'll talk about before we go down the whole list is, is the other two that are probably more names people are talking about, which is Drake Metcalf's one of them came for, for one year. And I guess he, what he must've uh, earned another degree at UCF in one year, I guess. Cause he, he just he got came here over to the UCF as a grad transfer from Stanford. But he didn't even um, get here for spring. He got here in, I think, yeah. May. So that was a that was a very quick degree he earned, but he did get it done. Um, yeah, so he's gone, which I, I think... was counting him in next year just because I assumed he couldn't transfer again, and it's not really yeah. a loss. I mean, it just kind of sucks it didn't work out here. I mean, he started out at center and, and got benched. He got moved to left guard. They then gave him another chance at center. He got benched again. It just wasn't working, you know? Yeah, when they went to when they went to Lakahi at center, when they had a healthy... Uh, Drake Metcalf, who is a is actually a center. Yeah, I think that was kind of that was either that, and that's why I kind of felt like, all right, if he's back next year, he's playing guard, which I kind right. of just assumed he'd be back, like you said. Like he came as a grad. That's another one. I, I'm so bad with the eligibility because I thought one, I thought like he wasn't coming back next year because I thought he was a grad tra- transfer this past season and that was his last year. Like he came as a grad transfer and that was it. It seems I didn't like realize the rules that he are kind of year. just. I knew he had another year. We knew that because I, I remember I that was part of the reason we were excited when they got him. But it's another hmm. example of how the portal is just kind of a crapshoot. I mean, he's a guy that was a former four star. He was a guy that a lot of teams had interest in. It was considered a big deal. UCF landed him, and then he gets in and he can't even really snap the ball. I I, I remember crazy. UCF added Bula Schmidt, and then they went out and got Drake Metcalf, and I was more yeah. excited about Metcalf than Bula. And then I, I and would we say thought Bula that had a better season. we thought that said a lot about Bula, the fact that they added him and then went to go get another center, yeah. and then Bula ended up having a pretty solid year outside of injuries. Yeah. So you, yeah. you just never know. Um, it's all such a crapshoot. Then the other one, which I, I wouldn't say is a surprise at all, but it's Jordan McDonald. Um, yeah, running back from he's been there about two years now, and he kind of just wasn't really on the field much. And I, I think there was cl- a clear like there were clearly guys ahead of him, and they're bringing in a bunch of highly rated. Uh, running backs in the coming years so he probably saw one he's not playing a lot anyway and two there's guys that are going to keep coming in that are going to make sure that he doesn't play a lot so 
I'm a just, little that's... surprised that he, I, I, we, everyone kind of knew that one was coming. Um, yeah. I'm, I am a little surprised that he didn't wait to see what RJ was doing before making that decision, but I guess he just had decided it was time to move on because you're right that whether RJ comes back or not, Frankie Arthur and Stacey Gage are coming in next year and it sucks. It didn't work out for Jordan McDonald. He's yeah. a guy that I think a lot of the fan base wanted it to work for. And we thought this year they'd found a role for him because the first couple games, they were trying wild Bowser with him and it really just yeah. it wasn't working very well. He was having a hard time with it. They ended up just using RJ for those. And that's, what's great about RJ. So he can just kind of do everything. And I think you saw yeah. a lot of the snaps for the other running backs just start, start to dissolve as the year moved on because it just got to the point where any snap you weren't giving to RJ felt like a waste, you know? Right. So yeah, those are, those are the three like big ones. And then the other ones were Fred Davis who came from Clemson last year and we never saw him. Never played. Um, yeah, uh, Jalen Griffin and Tyler Griffin, so two wide receivers headed out. Let me tell you um, about Jalen Griffin. I am going to miss Jalen Griffin a lot. I'm going to miss his weight room updates that he would always post on Instagram <laughs> where we would get a lot of insider info. On he really team. stopped that this year, didn't he? They must have. <laughs> did he? Well, I don't know. Did he not? He would post a screenshot, and it's the entire paper of how everyone did, and he circles his name, and it's like Jalen Griffin had a good day. And then there's all these lists of like player X did not show up, did not show up. Player player B did not player B showed poor effort and was uncoachable. Yeah. <laughs> it was just crazy that he would keep posting those. It was very entertaining in the offseason. Yeah. So then uh two Griffins and then the other one was Keenan Cupid, who was the last one so far. Um so far, this was on that was on Wednesday that, that happened. So yeah. Sure, Which, sure there are, like you said, more more gonna be coming on the way. Um, and maybe there will be some surprises, but nothing too crazy so far, which knock on wood, I guess. If this is if we get through the cycle and Corey Thornton is the worst player that UCF lost, then UCF and the, the game best, of the well, damn or the yeah, excuse me. Yeah, he's their worst loss, is what I was yeah. trying to say. <laughs> the then, worst player they lost. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I was thinking you. of no. 2020 Corey Thornton. That's no, it, just, it tripped um, me up, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> no, I was I, that was stupid. Yeah, no, I got but you. I got you. If he is their worst loss this cycle, then UCF and the Kingdom did a hell of a job retaining players because truly wow, that that would be a departure from the last few seasons where they are losing multiple starters or they're losing Dylan Gabriel to. And like I said, there could be others, but if if we are done here in a month. And that's their worst loss. We're great, 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 great offseason. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm sure more will be coming down the line. There will be more incomings, obviously. When I say more, there hasn't been any yet. There will be incomings. And then we'll probably hopefully find out about some retentions here soon. I know the, I, the yeah. Kingdom with, with Medley posted the here's an announcement, I'm coming back thing. I know there was a lot of that um, last year, wasn't there? I think it wasn't like, who was it? It was, I think Bowser did one. Sam Jackson had one back in the Sam day. Sam Jackson did one where it was like, I think it was just all of them were in like the same style where it was like, yep. I'm coming back. So it was like almost like the kingdom was like, hey, tweet that you're coming back. Um, so I, I hope we see some of those soon from from RJ. Did you find guys. it interesting that Drake Metcalf thanked the kingdom in his goodbye tweet? I didn't even notice. Didn't, yeah, <laughs> didn't that read was it. interesting. <laughs> I just um, saw, I was like, oh, he's leaving. <laughs> like, wasn't worth my time to read his thoughts. No, I, I didn't, he thanked the kingdom. That's interesting. No, I didn't. Yeah, I, didn't I thought that was interesting. That. Now, I will say with the ones we're waiting on, notably RJ and Kobe and Javon, is I, I don't know if that's coming soon because it seems like they're mostly considering NFL or coming back to UCF. So they have a little bit here. They don't have to decide yeah. right now. Maybe So maybe they don't have to decide anything, but I think, I don't know. I, I, that's very that's very interesting because you, I wondered this, but then realized that you know they do have the running backs coming in. But it was like, if all of a sudden UCF goes out and offers a transfer running back, with like one year of eligibility and you kind of know that RJ's made his, so like, I, I don't know, maybe we, maybe we won't get those, those announcements soon. 
Um, you know, I would say if the wide receiver room wasn't so bare, I would say that that's a sign that Kobe and Javon aren't coming back, that they're offering all these wide receivers. Yeah. But like, even if they both come back, you still need more wide receivers. <laughs> so well, yeah, I mean, they I, just I had two two of their reserve ones who barely played into the portal. So yeah. I mean, they you, have even you, fewer and even less depth. Your only guaranteed one is Xavier Townsend right now. You need to add like three or four wide receivers. And if Javon and Kobe come back, you still need to add like two wide receivers. Yeah. So those offers are going to be out there either way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll have more on that in the coming weeks. Um, other thing we got to talk about is UCF's bowl game, which will be against Georgia Tech on Friday the 22nd. It's the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa, Florida. Told everybody last week that I wanted it in Gasparilla Bowl. I didn't really care who they played because I just was selfish and wanted to be able to drive 15 minutes to UCF's bowl game. So I got what I wanted. Um, and let's talk about the bizarre journey of how we got here, shall we? Not even talking about the season, yeah. just how this was for what it was probably an hour or two this was ucf and duke in the gas bowl a bowl rematch so but never really off, officially <laughs> i'm happy either way because i had assumed given the many projections saying so that if ucf ended up in the gas bowl it would be against a group of five team and not just any group of five team but it was all the very good ones it was like they might play troy they might play whoever so wasn't JMU looking forward to that yeah jmu was out there so pleasantly surprised when it is reported by by brett mcmurphy that UCF is going to face Duke in a rematch in the Gasparilla Bowl. And my brain, because I just like seeing UCF win games, went to, well, this is great. Riley Leonard's in the portal. Mike Elko's at Texas A&M. Duke is a ghost team. Play him, get an easy win. (laughs) Done deal. So then, this is where things get spicy. The Big 12 Twitter account tweets a photo of RJ Harvey from 2022 for some reason with an AAC patch and says, UCF will face Duke in the Gasparilla Bowl. And I'm like, there's the official announcement. Nice. We're done here. Can move on with my day because why would anything happen after the official announcement? Then the Big 12 deletes the tweet a few minutes later. <laughs> then there's just nothing for a while. Then this is, this is my favorite part. Then the Big 12 tweets again and said the exact same tweet now with a photo of RJ from 2023 and says, UCF will play Duke in the Gasparilla Bowl. And I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know what that was about, but whatever. As if they, that picture was the mistake. <laughs> as if the picture was the mistake. They delete it again after 10 minutes. And then it's real radio silence. No one knows what's going on. And then randomly it's announced that UCF will now be facing Georgia Tech in the Gasparilla Bowl. Well, because... All this is going on in the back, or all the, uh, this this whole time in the background, what's going on is Florida State's left out of the playoffs, so the ACC is like scrambling about their yep. bowl, their bowl assignments and stuff. So like the ACC, there were I guess wasn't there like I don't know if there were bowl representatives or who it was saying like that they they weren't hearing anything from the ACC. Like the ACC so had no idea what was going the on. The athletic so that's did why a, this happened. The athletic posted a behind the scenes story on the ACC trying to get their bowls together, and it was really interesting. I gotta read so that. it's really good. <laughs> So the ACC never considered, fairly, never considered that FSU was going to be left out of the playoffs. So all of their bowl games were agreed upon. Everyone knew where they were going and they were just waiting to announce. FSU is left out. They get bumped to the Orange Bowl, which bumps Louisville out of the New Year's Six. Everything is chaos. And they're suddenly, usually all these agreements are made advanced. They're scrambling in real time to get bowls for all their teams. My two favorite moments from the article were when they thought they were done and then realized they forgot Notre Dame. I think that's my favorite. <laughs> and then it also says in the article, literally says the sentence that they were all done. They looked at the lineup and then someone, it just says someone pointed out that, wait, UCF and Duke just played last year. So they had to stop and switch those and find someone else for them to play. Which what oh, I, I like about that. the whole, oh no, UCF can't play Duke. They just played in a bowl last year. UCF also played Georgia Tech in the regular season last year. It's like, oh, you can't play this team. You just played 12 months ago. So you'll play this one from 14 <laughs> months ago. And that's fine. But I changed yeah. my stance because right after this one, the, the switch, I should say, got announced. I was, I tweeted, and some of you pushed back rightfully so, that I was upset because Duke was an easy win and Georgia Tech's not. Uh, their record's a little deceiving. They finished fourth in the ACC. They have a really good offense. They have a really good coach. And I was like, you know, this is losable. And and they have a really good rushing offense. So you know what that means. And I, I was disappointed because I wanted to see a win. 
some fans pushed back and were like, I want to see them play a good team. I'd rather have a good matchup than an easy win. I'm coming around to that a little bit. Like, sure. If they, I don't know how much it really matters one way or the other. Like, I think a win's a win. But yeah, it, it is interesting that maybe this one will matter a little more from the perspective of the Big 12 and ACC are kind of rivals now since they're that next level of conferences mm-hmm. behind the Big 10 and SEC. And if you can trot out the line that the ninth team in the Big 12 beat the fourth team in the ACC in a bowl, that's probably, that's probably some fun Twitter banter. <laughs> yeah. What was also funny about this whole process was for a couple of weeks, I, th- I think it was like I was doing the bowl projections and looking at them for, for this podcast and obviously keeping an eye on where LSU was going to end up because they were going to end up in Tampa and all that stuff. And a lot of it was LSU, Notre Dame, LSU, Notre Dame, because Brian Kelly versus Notre Dame, all that stuff was lining up, it seemed like. And then there's the this whole thing going on where the ACC doesn't know where anyone's going. Notre Dame hasn't announced where they're going. And then the Rely Quest Bowl, which is really just the Outback Bowl was like LSU Wisconsin and I was like they probably just got tired of waiting didn't they like they were just like we're not we're not we're taking matters like, into our own hands let's just so no you should it. read because that was in the story that was part of what screwed up is because there was some clause in the Outback Bowl I refuse to call it the Rely Quest Bowl that is the yeah. Outback Bowl there was some clause in it that if there's not x amount of ACC teams available or something then it switches to a Big Ten bid so then and the ACC like you know all these rules are convoluted it's not like there's someone who just knows them all so in real time the ACC's like oh wait we don't have the Rely Quest Bowl it just sounds like a mess it sounded like a terrible I've, day I've never known. I've always known that bowl to be uh, Big Ten SEC, so that surprised me. But yeah, I don't know. It, I don't understand how any of this works anymore. It's so weird. But how about Louisville? Anyway. Who, if they that them like this doesn't make sense to me. Like they were going because Florida. Well, it does make sense. I understand why it works, but it's just sort of sad for them that because Florida State was not selected for the college football playoff, Florida State took the ACC slot in the Orange Bowl. So Louisville was like, "Well, we did it." We went 10 and three. We're going to the near six. And then they just go watch the show. And it's, oh, no, you're not. Sorry. You don't Never have to mind. go to the Orange um, Yeah. And so my, my stance on that is almost similar to the whole Florida State thing is like, yeah, it's, that kind of sucks for them. But also, I didn't, I didn't want to watch Louisville in a New Year's Six game. Like, I didn't think they were I that think good. you differ from most of the country on your Florida State take because you seem totally fine with them being left out. No, I think it's really unfair, and I think I'm fine with it because I didn't want to watch them play in the playoff. It's. Just... I feel like there's no point for us going into it where you see a podcast no. like this isn't in our range. But my thing with it, which is everyone's thing, is I just there is no point in playing a season if you're going to select teams that way. If you're just going to actually no, disregard it's crazy. real games, it, it's crazy. Because when you when you look at it, you'll go go into it a little bit. Because when you when you talk about it, like okay, well, we'll find Alabama's a better team than Florida State. Well, it's like okay, well, Georgia just lost by three points for. The first time in what I don't remember how many days, a lot of days. Yeah. So now because they lost that game, like if you're talking about the best teams, like Georgia probably should be in too. Also, Florida so, State in their final rankings was ranked ahead of Georgia, and the committee. <laughs> so which is it? Is it that you don't think FSU is right. as good as any of these teams, or you think they're not as good as Bama, but they're better than Georgia? I just when you get to, yeah. and it doesn't matter anyway because we're moving to twelve teams next year, so finally this will stop. But to have the committee both privately and publicly say yeah we watched them and we're just horrified at how bad they were we don't think they can win a national championship as they move to 13 and 0 (laughs) it just and my other thing with that is and it really was sort of i don't know outing the committee is just caring about dumb things is yeah florida state looked really bad on one side of the ball their defense was phenomenal and it's like have we moved into an era where defense just isn't a thing for people it's just how did the offense look the other part of this is tate rotomaker did not play he would have been back for a yeah. playoff game and their whole <laughs> argument was well they look so bad and i i just no this it's... has always been a remarkably dysfunctional sport and the fact that we just had a bunch of people watch a, t- a conference championship game a power five conference championship game and say 
they just don't look that good tonight. Let's not let them play in the playoff. It's just mind-blowing to me. No, Jordan Travis yeah. apologized on Twitter for getting hurt. I, 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 what are we he doing? said, I wish I would have broken my leg earlier in the year. What um, are we doing? Which is Thank God crazy. this is over next year and we're just doing 12. Yeah, and so like that's the thing is I do think it's absolutely insane. It, it is wrong. But also, it's going to be a better game. <laughs> so like, The funniest yeah. outcome possible now is for Florida State to win the Orange Bowl and for Alabama to win or a, any one lost team to win the college football playoff and then Florida State claims the national championship. I, that's the funniest yeah. outcome because then they can never no, be UCF again. I've seen a lot of that where like, oh, like Florida State should claim it. It's like, I don't think they're beating Georgia. So like, I, I don't they think might. it's really going to matter. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone's going to be playing on either team for that game. Both of them have already had a bunch of opt-outs. So yeah, that, that, that yeah. might be the most doesn't matter bowl of all time is two teams that both the night before getting announced for that bowl were absolutely convinced they were going to play in the playoff and are now in the Orange Bowl against each other. Literally might be an all-time do not the care. Best, <laughs> the best was the screenshot of, of the coaches for the Orange Bowl Zoom press conference. Oh my where God. Where it's just both of them just like, it's just like, it's just, it's just a few and I were just staring. Just It was like it, you and Dylan yeah. Gabriel on a podcast. <laughs> um, did The best, absolute best part of this was, did you see the video of Michigan's whole room and their team finding out that it was yeah. Alabama? Yeah. If, you've, if, you're listening this and, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the video, Michigan, it's their whole watch party. It's the whole team and coaches and everything. And they're obviously expecting Florida State to show up as the fourth team. The Alabama logo pops up and the whole room goes, oh! like just yeah, there was like giant an collective gas. gas. I saw someone <laughs> lean back and go, I, like just, <laughs> I was like, oh, it's not. Can a good you imagine being Michigan and you're sitting there like, this is great. We have our best team ever. We're going to play an FSU team that doesn't have their quarterback and has looked awful. And then the committee goes, no, no, Bama. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I can't even imagine those poor folks. Uh, no, but I, mean, I think the playoff games are going to be really good. So. This will be a good playoff. I'm excited. Yeah. It, it, anyway. Until next year when UCF makes the playoff with Grayson McCall and RJ Harvey and Kobe Hudson and Jalen no, Baker. That's the other crazy thing, and we'll get back to UCF's Georgia Tech uh, gas available. We'll get back to that in a second. But that's the other crazy thing is, like, I think I'm agreeing with some people that are throwing the take out there that the committee did this because they knew they wouldn't have to face any repercussions about, like, precedence they're setting because they're going still, to tell teams anyway one thing i will say is the committee still has to rank teams next year like yeah, it's not like they, they don't, don't exist anymore but it's true it's right, not but, this the stakes they'll be ranking now. oh by the way one more thing really quickly you cannot say that undefeated florida state doesn't deserve to be in because of jordan travis or whatever and then put 13 0 liberty in over smu for the yeah, g5 bid it makes yeah. no sense but anyway so next year, the 12-team playoff is they, they'll they be ranking the down bracket area. It'll be the top four conference champions, so they don't yeah. rank that, but they'll be decide Like this year would have been deciding if Ole Miss or Oklahoma or Penn State, which of those teams get the final couple of playoff spots. So there'll still be drama. And, and that's the thing is like there's going to be drama and there will be arguments and stuff, which I think is still probably a good thing, but you'll be arguing like a two-loss team versus a three-loss team. And the there can always be the card that you can pull where it's like, all right, just should have won more games. Those, the, right, and it's... also those arguments are going to be fun and take up the same amount of energy, but they're also not going to actually impact who goes on to win the national championship for a change. Like, right. Yeah. It, the the 11 so or 12 better. team isn't going to do it anyway. It's going to be so much better. The The bracket of what it would have looked like this year is awesome. It's just, it's better in every single way. It's yeah. also going to make conference title games so much more interesting. Like look at all these conference title games this past weekend and think about those as games where the winner's going to the playoff. And in a lot of cases, the loser isn't. Those are just, it's like a playoff before the playoff. It's just, it's going to yeah. be fun. It's going to be a good time. We'll be good. But anyway, back to the Gasparilla Bowl. Uh, it's the Georgia O'Leary Bowl. You know, it I, we've had, it's weird because like the whole thing is, yeah, UCF played Georgia Tech last year. They played them in 2020. They played them in 2019. Right now, 2019. When was it? They played them like three times recently. They played them they? in 2020, 2022, and now they'll play them. Okay. Yeah. I thought I added another time in there. I was wrong. They were but going yeah, to play they, in 2017, but then the hurricane. 
That's what I'm thinking of. Um, but yeah, so I guess that was confirmed. To, oh, shoot, I don't remember who it was. Confirmed that George O'Leary will be at the game. Yeah. And that the Gasparilla Bowl has plans to to honor him and everything. He's so. going to be rooting for Georgia Tech, right? Because Brent Key, his former assistant, is their head coach. He coached yeah, UCF think... for a long time, but doesn't have any relationship with any of the staff or these players. His former, yeah, so there's key at, at Georgia Tech, and there's the fact that I think, like, everything UCF does now probably pisses him off so much. UCF's like going to come just, out in, like, night mode uniforms or something, and he's just going to be like, what in God's name? Everything <laughs> everything that every UCF coach since him has done, like, decision-wise, is the opposite of what he would have done, probably. There's so also the probably, whole UCF firing him thing, which probably yeah, left this, a sore spot. I mean, he's. I don't think there's any hard feelings. Like, he's been to UCF since retired. all that. Uh, excuse retired. me when george o'leary in quotes retired with four games yeah. to go in a season um yeah. i mean he's been to games since he sat with danny white at games he's been honored on the yeah. field I, ju- I just think in this scenario i hope ucf fans aren't mad when he probably is quiet i don't think he's gonna go out on the field and be like go yellow jackets i just think that <laughs> he's gonna be in his yeah. suite being like yeah i hope Branky gets this one yeah um but i don't know there's anything else you really want to touch on we'll do like a full game preview and yeah i don't i, I, I kind of don't want to get too in depth because i know we're going to do yeah. a whole episode on this so i don't want to touch on too much i will say that a lot of the fans are like mad that they're in the Gasparilla Bowl and are like, oh, I would like, I would have liked to go somewhere. And I just don't really get that, honestly. Well, so all that happened and then they sold out of the tickets like yeah. immediately. They like, sold out they of their initial tickets and they sold them again. Yeah, exactly right. I I, so, I don't. The thing, I get the vacation base, angle as a person who likes yeah. going places, but also like you can do that during the regular season. You pick a road game and go to it. I, I personally, as someone who really likes vacations and really likes UCF football, I don't like having to scramble to figure out flights in a hotel for a thing that's in like two weeks. I also don't like when I'm before Christmas. I also don't like when my December's on hold because I can't figure out. I don't know where they're going to be until two weeks before they're going there. I'd rather yeah. do the vacation during the season and then the bowl game. A bowl game against a Power Five team in state is second to being in the playoff. It's 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 twelve team playoff or power five game in state for me from now on in the postseason. Yeah, no, I I think um or Shreveport. Don't get me wrong for. For a fan base who collectively, I don't know, it wasn't everybody, obviously, but there was a lot of, as soon as this was announced, it was Gasparilla Bowl again, like, oh, yeah. like, again, like, blah, blah. And then the tickets go on sale and everyone's like, yeah, we're, we're going to go. Yeah, like, we're, we're still going. We'll just complain about it. Like, I, there, isn't that a meme? I think it's going to be like Bob's Burgers and like that. It's like, I'm fine, I'll go, but I'm going to complain the whole time or something like that. Like, that, that's what UCF fans just did with this bowl game. I also um, like the Gasparilla Bowl. It's nearby. It's a nice stadium. Right before it, Christmas. It's right before, it's before Christmas, which is great. Yeah. I go do my yeah. little mini vacation to Tampa. It's nice. It's a good time. It is. Um, and I only have to try 15 minutes instead of. Not yeah, for you, it's really driving. easy. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really nice. I um, will say that the last time I covered the Gasparilla Bowl was 2021, 2021, obviously. Believe it or not, I did not cover last year's edition between Missouri and Wake Forest. And I stayed in the media hotel and also staying in the media hotel was the entire Florida band. Do you remember this? Oh yeah, I do remember. And they that. just annoyed the hell out of me. And I had one of the because it wasn't like they were. It wasn't just that they were Florida. It was like this was a, it was a bunch of college kids on vacation. They were all drunk and loud yeah. and pissing me off the whole time because I'm just apparently an old man now at 26. <laughs> and I had the dumbest thought in the world because I applied for my credentials and everything, and I was I was looking at it's the same media hotel as two years ago. And I in my brain I went, oh god, I hope the Florida band isn't staying there again. Oh, uh, they're not gonna stay at any hotel. They're not. they're not in a bowl game. They're not uh they're um, not leaving Gainesville. No reason to. It's funny when you said the the I'm an old man thing, because weeks ago when the whole Paul E D thing happened and you were like, Who is Paul E D? Our our friend Zach texted me, he was like, How old is Christian? <laughs> he's like, he's like, How old is he? Was Paul E D the whole Jersey Shore thing was kind of before our time, right? Like just by a little bit. I was we were in like middle school. Were you watching Jersey Shore in middle school? 
Yeah, I was. Okay. Well, all right. Yeah. I guess it was just a um, thing. I mean, I know I'm wrong because almost all of our friends and everyone yeah. in our lives knows who they are. And like the only people who don't are like our parents. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a me thing, but I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, how old is Christian? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, hopefully the Florida band's not staying at the, the hotel for, <laughs> for um, UCF and Georgia Tech. So yeah, that'll be. Uh, if they are, the I'm going to have questions. Let me tell you. There will be many questions. Um, I just remember going back there with you to record the podcast afterward and just like even getting to the the room up like the elevator there was because I think they were like driving back that night. Yeah. And so they're all they like, were leaving going right in a million different game. directions. It was crazy. Yeah. I think I opened um, that podcast by just attacking them for like 10 minutes before we even talked about like one of you. I think it took a while to get up. I think like they were filling the elevators. It was a whole thing because remember, we couldn't get out of the stadium for a long time. And then I finally was like, even though we had the podcast to record, I was like, we're going to McDonald's because I'm starving and I want a McDouble. And we went to two McDonald's. We went to two different McDonald's because it was that. And then we had to go inside. It was a long night. It was we're not going to have that this time, I'm assuming. I hope I assume we'll just do it virtually. Right. Because you'll presumably be at your apartment. Unless you want to, uh, yeah, I guess. Unless you want to come to my apartment. I don't know. It's fine. We're probably going to go back to my Whatever. Apartment. We'll talk about it. We don't talk about it on the podcast. That's a good point. Um, all right. Let's jump into the football news, which I got to some of it just now, was the um, the original allotments being sold out of the gas bill bowl tickets and then the follow-up allotment. Now they're just like, buy them from the bowl. And I bought them from the bowl to begin with anyway. So First time I've ever seen UCF tweet the words, just buy them from the bowl. They're usually always like, <laughs> they're, they're always acting like you're really holding a gun to them. Like, no, please don't. Don't buy from yeah. the bowl. Please buy from us. First time I've ever seen them just straight up tweet. Go ahead. Buy from the bowl. What do we care? My we problem was on Sunday, because like, it was announced on Sunday. And then I was like, all right, well, let me look at tickets. And I, I thought like, I didn't think it would take UCF two days to like put the tickets on sale. So I was just looking yep. at the tickets through the bowl and I was like, oh, I mean, I'll just buy them now. Like whatever. Like I, I don't, I, and I, a lot of times, and I guess it's been different this time, but I feel like, and this is maybe just a regular season thing, but whenever I've bought tickets through UCF, like when you and I have gone to Memphis or Cincinnati, I don't get to pick our seats. Right. So it's like, all right, I want to pick my seats for this game. And so that's what I did. I guess people were still being able to do that through UCF anyway, but whatever they sold out of them. I'm not a bad fan. Leave me alone. Um, on three name, John Walker to its true freshman, all American team. Very cool. Um, just excited about John Walker's Randy Pittman snubbed future. Um, Kalia Davis, another player I really liked uh, back in the day, picked up his first career sack in the 49ers win over Eagle over the Eagles on Sunday. It's just nice. I don't know. Kalia Davis has had a long road with injuries and all that. And yep. for him to, to get his first sack, that was pretty cool. Very cool. Um, and yeah, that's it, I guess, because we already talked about Adrian Medley returning for another year. So um, we'll move on to game of the week, which there's not a lot going on because I think women's basketball doesn't play again until Monday. Um, so we'll go to men's basketball who plays here as we're talking in about 32 minutes against J- uh, Jacksonville. But the game of the week is Sunday at four o'clock. UCF men's basketball is hosting eight. No Ole Miss. It is a four o'clock tip at addition uh, financial arena. So it's the big one this week. And we will now move on to tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. Um, tweet of the week goes to two different people this week. This is one of those things where I texted it to you when it was happening and I'm still not entirely sure if this is serious or if I was being pranked. So I figure I'll just throw oh. it on here and then you as the listeners can decide. So last night when all the Grayson McCall stuff was happening, I tweeted the latest render of the Lazy River from about a year ago. And I said, I know what UCF needs to show McCall to seal the deal. It's just the photo of Lazy River. This guy, UCF Chip at Chip UCF 1974, replied to me and said, UCF has been showing that for years, Christian, dot, 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 years. Don't bait the poor kid with someone that will never be built while he is playing. I think he meant something, not someone, but it's fine. You mean like they did to Mikey Keene? 
Uh, and Mikey Keene has said that he was baited with the lazy river. I think a lot of, yeah. I think a lot of players have been. So I just, cause I'm having fun. I quote tweeted that and said, never being built. They literally broke ground. And I posted the photo from 2019 when they poured out the sand and threw a beach ball and announced they'd broken yeah. ground. The lazy river still one of the dumbest things ever. But so I posted that he replies to that post, same guy and says, and, and says to it really good progress for a photo from 2019. Wonder what it looks like <laughs> now with an exclamation point. And then this is when I started wondering if I was being pranked. Eddie Smith at UCF Eddie 1962 quote tweets that and says, is this the fifth or sixth time that they've broke ground? I've lost count at this point. Started by Danny White before your time. And it has as much progress done today. At Chip UCF 1974 is spot on. I have to be getting pranked, right? These aren't serious accounts. Like this isn't real. This isn't real, right? I don't know. Uh, I can't tell. It's bothering me. I don't think so. But at the same time, I would believe it with this fan base and just, and I don't know, just in general, Twitter fan bases in general, I think there's always going to be bound to be a couple that are like, not even a couple, there's a lot, but that is, that was because you sent that to me and I was like, excuse me? I, like it was very clear, like very clear sarcasm. I, and I'm hoping who, it's a joke. Are they I'm following you? it's a joke. I, I don't or did know. It just get, did it just get to them another way? Because like if they Oh, actually, because one of them even... followed me after that reply. So I don't understand. Okay. I don't know what's so going maybe on. it was it got to it got to them and they don't know your humor or I I don't know. It's, it's how is that even is that that specific humor? Like how can someone like uh, uh, it doesn't matter. It's maybe fine. they they really thought you were earnestly like oh we've got this lazy river coming we should show it to Grace McCall. Like I will really tell you thought, right now, jokes aside, it would not surprise me if Gus Malzahn brought up the lazy river in some capacity when talking with Grace McCall. Probably not because he's a one year guy. But who knows? Yeah, maybe Gus was like you sure. never know like. Maybe Grayson would call. No, because summer Grayson would reply and be like, "If you can build a lazy river, you can throw me two million dollars." <laughs> That's true. Yeah, probably didn't so, bring it up. Then. Maybe don't. Bring up the, maybe don't bring up the lazy river. Maybe not. Um, but yeah, so got through a lot on this podcast. Sure did. I think we covered a ton. Who I would who I would replace you with? You know, Marlon Williams. Tech, apparently, Marlon. Yeah, Marlon Williams. <laughs> All the portal stuff. Hopefully, Grayson McCall ends up here. We talked about the college football playoff. We talked about Tufts, the Jumbos, the Tufts. Jumbos. Been through a lot. We've been through a lot. We've been will a be good back pod. Next has been. We'll be back next week. We usually do that after the podcast. We usually say, yeah. oh, it's a good pod. <laughs> it's a good pod. Um, we'll be back next week with another good pod. It'll be episode 182. But until then, you can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at by CA Simmons, at Night Sports Now, and at Pegasus Podcast. Thank you guys so much for, be- for being with us. And we'll talk to you next week. Nice job. Bye, everybody. Yeah.